I'm Alex Mosed, and welcome to Winner Take All, where we talk about the constant battle between large tech monopolies and traditional incumbents. This is our inaugural uh, live stream of being, well, you know, we were actually in Palm Beach uh, last year in, in February. We had our Palm Beach office. This is now going to be the full-time studio for Winner Take All going forward. We're back in Palm Beach. Uh, we have had an exodus outside of the, uh, you know, from the Northeast, uh, and I could not be happier. And I mean, right now it just comes at such a crazy time because as everyone's heard about, Twitter has, you know, it was really the first domino uh, in what in a, in a very uh, short period of time escalated from banning a sitting president of the United States permanently off of the platform uh, to then Parler being banned permanently from the app stores uh, to then a whole cascading effect of basically every other tech provider uh, up and down the chain from payment processors to AWS, either you know eradicating um, some mixture of Trump, uh, his supporters, and um, you know for these kind of free speech platforms uh, like Parler and others, which we're gonna which we're gonna touch on today. But basically, what you have is a complete and utter. Uh, overstepping of boundaries. And this has actually been a long time coming. If we look back to when uh, Facebook and Twitter actually took down uh, Bolsonaro, the president of Brazil's uh, posts about COVID, when he was saying, I don't know, something about COVID being cured or something, right? And at that time, winner take all, myself on the show said that that was inappropriate. You, even if the information is false, okay, it should have been left up. And, that, and we've actually seen this building for months, if not years, these kind of subtle transgressions uh, that don't fit the media narrative and don't get the coverage or the rebuke that they should be getting from the media, from uh, people in industry, you know, VCs, uh, people on the boards of these tech monopolies, politicians. Because everything is so partisan these days, and everyone has kind of sacrificed subjective thinking um, around you know what is appropriate when it comes to tech monopolies, censorship, um, regulation, antitrust, etc. It has become so partisan. So the way you get trapped into this analysis is to make this all about one side or the other, all about the left or the right. So you need to take a step back. And look at this in the broader scheme of what's going on. And I think we're actually in kind of what I would call information warfare. Uh, we just don't really understand it. Um, it's not kinetic warfare. It's information warfare. The Chinese have been at information warfare with the United States for years. Uh, we've covered it ad infinitum on the show. Um, and really, <clears throat> what is going on is these tech monopolies have now opened the last bit of Pandora's box. And once Pandora's box is open, you can't close it. You can't walk this back. This is just the beginning in, the, in, in multiple senses of the word. This is just the beginning in the sense of tech censorship now 
having absolutely no boundaries in terms of who they censor, right? They may not kick uh, Angela Merkel, the chancellor of Germany, off of the platform, but they'll full well uh, shadow ban, take down her posts if they don't agree with her. Same thing with the president of Mexico, president of Brazil, prime minister of Australia, all of whom have come out and spoken out that Twitter and other tech monopolies actions are entirely inappropriate. Not to mention the ACLU has also come out to say that big tech has overstepped its boundaries. Not to protect Trump, but the ACLU has come out to say this is inappropriate because if you can do this to a sitting U.S. president, imagine what you can do for the Latino, the African-American, and other minority populations. If they can do this to a sitting U.S. president, they can do it to anyone. And that's the scary part of this. That's why this is just the beginning. There's more censorship to come. This is a very dark day in the timeline of platform businesses. And when you look at how this all started, it really started with Twitter was the first one to come out and, 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 do, the, uh, and, and do the kind of permanent ban of uh, sitting U.S. president off of Twitter. They banned Trump's personal Twitter. And then Trump posted this to POTUS, the actual official Twitter account of the president of the United States. Let me read this. As I've been saying for a long time, Twitter has gone further and further further in banning free speech. And tonight, Twitter employees have coordinated with the Democrats and the radical left in removing my account from their platform to silence me and you. 75 million great patriots who voted for me, yada, yada, yada. We need Section 230. We will not be silenced. Stay tuned. They... They being Twitter, they deleted this. They actually just removed these tweets entirely. They actually removed these tweets. How, how do these tweets violate any? I mean, it's a complete joke to even consider Twitter trying to justify their actions based upon their content policies, right? Their regulation uh, uh, policies. Their rules and their policies are just a sham. Um, again, another sham. Try and make this partisan. Try and make this political. This is much bigger than a right-left situation. And, and I think many people are not grasping uh, the enormous magnitude that these actions will have and, and will continue to set into motion. Uh, it's a very dark day. You know, I would say we've actually entered the platform dark ages. There is a bright spot to this, which, which I will touch on, uh, <clears throat> but it's completely inappropriate. These actions go completely against the entire value proposition of platform. And you know why I can say that? Because I wrote the book on platform and it's right here. And you know what the book is called? Modern Monopolies. And as we have talked about for years on this show, when monopolies get to Monopoly status. Now, interesting thing about Twitter is it's actually not that big of a company. 30 million active users in the United States, and they're lucky to have 30 million active users, by the way. Twitter is radicalized. Jack Dorsey should have been fired months ago. We called it on the show. Elliott Management, activist investor, screwed up big time by not firing this guy. We've talked about why I think they didn't fire him. I think they did want to fire him, but they just didn't have means to. It's a long story. We've covered it before. But here's Twitter stock down big time. They basically just lit about $8 billion of market cap on fire. I don't think it's hit the bottom. 
let's look at more on this. Twitter's Trump ban could hurt user engagement, but appeal to advertisers, analysts say. What are these people smoking, frankly? Look at these stats that they, you know, are buried here at the bottom. Time, time spent may experience more of an impact. Trump is the sixth most, most followed account on Twitter, though his tweets had three to four X the engagement of the other most followed accounts. Three to four X the engagement, sixth most followed account. This was the most popular account on Twitter. Hands down. Twitter just cut off its nose in spite of itself because their CEO is radicalized and has been fully consumed by partisan politics. The guy is not able to think objectively about why Twitter started and what platforms stand for. They stand for the facilitation of free speech and ideas and information. That's the whole point of them. The only reason the whole idea of, of, of Section 230 and platforms being able to regulate usage is, was, was started around child pornography, okay? Not someone, and, and we have covered this for months. This isn't just a Trump thing. Don't get caught into the partisan politics of this. We have covered Twitter's fascism. It's what it is. Twitter's fascism for months, dating all the way back to COVID. When you couldn't talk about, you couldn't even talk about the virus coming from China, let alone the virus coming from a lab. You could not say that on Twitter over the summer or YouTube or the other content platform monopolies. That was not allowed because it didn't fit the WHO's rules. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about where this isn't just a political thing. This is do what you think your thoughts, do your thoughts uh, fit into the box of the thought police? Anyone read 1984? The thought police are now Jack Dorsey and his cronies of middle and upper level management at Twitter. And if you're still working at Twitter, uh, you're complicit. And I know personally a number of people working at these tech monopolies that are, that are looking actively to leave. And frankly, rightly so. I would not want to be a part of this or the disservice that these companies um, are taking on the platform value proposition and why these businesses were started in the first place, why they were successful in the first place. They have forgotten all of that. Okay, so it's not insignificant. Duh, they just banned their, their most popular producer, creator on the platform. And, 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 and Twitter is acting like it's a monopoly. Twitter doesn't have monopoly power, okay? They got, they're lucky to have 35, 37 billion in market cap right now. That's nowhere near monopoly status when you look at Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, all of whom are now complicit in these thought police uh, kind of restrictive fascist uh, content censorship. It's completely inappropriate. I can't make that clearer right now. Twitter's a small little pup compared to these monopolies. But Twitter is the most radicalized one. Twitter has a CEO that should have been fired months ago. And I'm sure Elliott Management is regretting not having pulled that trigger. But they're kind of in between a rock and a hard place right now. Um, or, or back then, certainly now, I don't know what the hell you do. I would imagine that Twitter in the coming uh, in, the, in their upcoming uh, quarterly SEC filings, they're going to have to address this uh, in their statements. And um, they're going to have to disclose 
something around this information to shareholders. Um, I would argue that shareholder lawsuits could be brought against Jack Dorsey and frankly, should we, uh, Platt holds Twitter, Wisdom Tree holds Twitter. Um, this was not a sound thinker uh, in Jack Dorsey or frankly, any of these other CEOs. Um, and I actually think it, it, it frankly puts at risk Twitter's classification as a platform, a little bit different than the other tech monopolies. Uh, but Twitter, when you look at their revenue and where their revenue comes from, the revenue coming from ads in the United States, I mean, that's the business, right? I mean, they have some international revenue, but that's the business. If they start to really be seen as a publisher, which is what I think they, which is not what I think, it's how they're acting. They're acting like a publisher that has a thought police. And if your ideas and your communication around COVID, around religion, around politics, around a whole slew of different topics, it's not just a political thing here, gang. Um, if, if your message doesn't fit into the thought police box, you're out. And if you're not out, you're shadow banned or magically you lose, uh, followers or your tweets, you know, uh, get flagged and, 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 and that content is all, uh, modified. These are all forms of information fascism in warfare. That's what this is. Twitter, if they are really going to remain a neutral platform that has stand, rules and standards it's in the book, one of the four core functions about platform business models. You have rules and standards. Rules and standards do two things. They uh, curate access into the ecosystem, right? Who can come in, what information you need to have when you sign up and register. And then the other one is they curate usage. Uh, so they have, you know, content policies, what's harassing content, what's inappropriate, what is appropriate, et cetera. If Twitter was to follow these policies, you know, objectively, then they would be doing things like this. You can see it. I'm Iranian, by the way. I'm half Iranian. My father was born in Iran, okay? <laughs> the Ayatollahs running Iran are not good people, okay? My father and his whole family had to evacuate Iran in the 70s because of the revolution with the Shah. The Ayatollahs have come into power. And this is the kind of, you, this is the kind of uh, hatred that they spew. The Ayatollah of Iran, who has repeatedly called for literal genocide against Jews, literally said, uh, we're going to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. They not only have their accounts, they actually have accounts in multiple languages. I think they just got another account. This tweet's still up. His account is still up. Our stance against Israel is the same stance we have always taken. Israel is a malignant cancerous tumor in the West Asian region that has to be removed and eradicated. It is possible and it will happen. This guy. This guy's up. This guy's active. Okay. There is no objectivity in how Twitter is enforcing its rules and standards. Okay. That's the role of platform. You're that neutral. You're the platform. You're connecting. You're facilitating exchange. Not a publisher. They have violated that and they have continued to violate it, not once, 
but that we have documented on the show the myriad of times that they have violated it. I haven't even probably caught, you know, 80% of the violations. I've just caught 20% of the ones that, you know, pop out to me and, and, and are worth discussing on the show. But there's a myriad of other things that I haven't even captured. And that is the challenge with uh, the real tech monopolies. Twitter's not even a mon- monopoly. Twitter's just kind of the, the radicalized child, um, which, which kicked off the first domino here. And then it kind of created this smokescreen for, for the other tech monopolies to pile on. And that's, that's, that's this next topic here. And how did they pile on? We already know that Google and Facebook are in cahoots. We already know this. It's actually documented. The attorney general of Texas has now brought, you know, I think them and 10 plus other states have now brought an active lawsuit against them. Um, This was for Project Jedi, um, which we've covered on the show. We already know they're in cahoots. That was around their advertising regimes. You think this was a coincidence? That Twitter cast the first domino and then Apple and Google ban Parler from their app stores? Nothing's a coincidence. This was from November 2020, long before all this stuff happened. Look at the top charts. This is overall downloads. Parler, MeWe. We're going to touch on MeWe in a little bit here. Um, these guys are beating out TikTok. These guys are beating out YouTube, beating out Instagram, Zoom. These companies, wonder how much money these companies have raised? Like nothing. This was a coordinated attack on up and coming competitors. And they have used the smokescreen of partisan, you know, hysteria as justification to silence their competition and take advantage of producers, which is what they do. Google's actually vertically uh, integrated on this. Content platforms, communication platforms, chat apps that, that, you know, that Google is clearly invested in. Google banning this is, uh, you know, even um, even, uh, more of a, you know, vertical integration. They have a directly competing presence in the social media um, world than Apple does. But still, both of them taking off these apps is same kind of deal with Twitter, right? It, it goes against every shred of trust that um, uh, consumers can have, uh, regulators should have, or, or maybe they did or didn't have, politicians uh, basically, um, it goes against the entire platform ethos, just like what Twitter did. And it's, uh, it, it is similarly equally condemnable um, and a travesty to what platforms stand for. Parler has now been booted by Amazon, Apple, and Google. Um, and what Amazon did is they shut down uh, AWS for Parler. So now it's not even the app. It's also their website is down. Um, all being justified here, you know, in, in, in the smokescreen of, of partisan politics. Don't fall for it, gang. This is much, much bigger than that. Remember this? Private businesses can't discriminate. 
This is a small little bakery in Colorado. These are tech monopolies. These are the largest companies in the world taking punitive action on a company that is competitive to them in some instances. And the media, because of partisan politics, um, because if they can do anything to, to go against their foe um, in the sitting U.S. president, it's all justified. What they don't, are, this is a pendulum. You know what pendulums do? They swing. <laughs> and and on one end of this, on, on one day, at one moment, that pendulum might be on your side. But you know what happens when that pendulum starts to swing in the other direction? It's not going to feel so good. But, but you have now given credence, you have now given justification to the tech monopolies to open Pandora's box. And that's why this is just getting started in a very bad way around censorship, around content, information, warfare, fascism. Uh, that's the age that we're in. And we all need to combat this with every ounce of strength that we have. Every user has the power to combat this by not using these services. It's hard. I'm still using the services. But you can do little things and take little actions. And I'm going to talk more specifically about what those are right now. I call them the five oxymorons. And no, oxymoron is not a, doesn't mean these are stupid companies. What they are are uh, perplexing to many people because many people would like to again whitewash partisan politics over these five companies. Uh, I'm going to list them for you. Five companies that are in the top 1,000, top 1,000 websites in the United States by traffic. Okay. Not insignificant. You want to know Applico's uh, website traffic rank in the United States? It's, it's two hundred thousand. Okay, and and we have the top ranking blog posts on you know what are platforms and all these kinds of keywords. Okay, we're at two hundred thousand. These guys are all top thousand. Now, who are these guys? I'll go from uh, from from worst to best. Okay, MeWe. We saw that on the list before. Number two app behind Parler back in November. Overall downloads on the App Store. Okay, MeWe, 692. This is for the website, not the app. Gab, 677. Those are both kind of social network, kind of like Facebook, Twitter alternatives. Uh, MeWe and Gab. Then we have BitChute, number 520. That's an alternative YouTube content platform. Then we got Rumble, 397. Also, YouTube alternative platform. All of our content um, is on Rumble, and we're getting it on BitChute, and we're going to be creating content that is only going to go to Rumble and BitChute and not to YouTube. Why? Because YouTube has aggressively abused platform principles. Oh, and by the way, they're fascist too. Parler. Buck 80. That's the one that just got the full hatred from all the big tech monopolies, except for Microsoft. Actually, Microsoft, smartly enough, has kind of tried to sidestep a lot of this madness. But, um, you know, they, they felt the brunt of the antitrust stuff uh, 20, 20 plus years ago and have kind of 
gotten more enterprise. I've come back a little bit to consumer, but um, that's five. And I call them the oxymoron. Why do I call them the, the five oxymorons? Because the media would like you to think that these five platforms, some of them are social network platforms and they are content platforms, but, but these five platforms, they would like you to think they are alt-right, extremist, fringe websites. Well, that doesn't compute when they're all top 1,000 websites in the United States. How can they be extremist fringe websites when they're top 1,000 website? Actually, Parler, buck 80. There's, there's others in here too that are more political, like the Donald.win. That's actually number 404. So there's actually even more to this. Now that, yeah, I mean, it's literally in the name, the Donald.win. That, if you want to know the story behind the Donald.win, Reddit kicked off multiple communities on Reddit and they've since seen their traffic and their results uh, not perform very well. But one of the communities, they kicked off communities on the left, they kicked off communities on the right, they kicked off communities around religion, they've kicked off a bunch of communities. One of those communities was uh, called the Donald. And the reason why this story is relevant is because it forced that community to go create their own version of Reddit. They've created their own version of Reddit. They don't have any funding. These guys haven't raised any money. And they have a top 400 website in the United States. And now they're branching out into other kind of sub-communities um, that, have, uh, that have also encountered you know, censorship from Reddit or, or, or Facebook or different um, tech monopoly or, or dominant platforms. Reddit's not really monopoly status either. The reason why I bring that up is because I think what happened to the Donald uh, is is about to happen to the five oxymorons. I think you're seeing a mass exodus. And this is why strategically, this was a horrible strategic decision by these tech monopoly CEOs. You're the CEO of the company. They're powerless. Except Jack Dorsey is full in. He's leading the charge. Um, I think the other CEOs didn't want this to happen, but they had their hands forced, essentially. They had their hands forced in a in a couple ways. One, they have employees that are radicalized. We've covered that on the show. Um, they have all these mid and upper level management that are completely compromised. They can't think objectively anymore. They've let the partisan um, you know, emotions just take over any sense of rational, um, objective decision making. You wouldn't do this if you were thinking strategically. It doesn't help you win. Um, and that's the other part of the story. This is just the beginning. These five oxymorons, this is just the beginning. These companies haven't raised any money in their top thousand websites. And now that was pre, that was pre big tech showing their true cards, which is that the CEOs don't have control over the companies anymore. Jack Dorsey forced their hand, radicalized Jack Dorsey and his team of Twitter. Uh, wannabes. They set the first domino in motion. That got the media in a tizzy. Then that got the middle and upper level uh, employees at at Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, and then a whole slew of other um, uh, you know tech companies in the valley. Basically, then set them all into a tizzy, and now boom, thought police in full force, fascism, information warfare, full force. We see their true colors. 
I think it's actually a blessing in disguise, gang. We see what happens when, when what you're talking about, when the thought police don't agree with that. So now you're going to have this mass exodus off of these pla- off of the tech monopolies. People are not okay with this. These sites were not fringe sites pre them showing their true colors. I'm going to point to Atlas. Whenever I point to Atlas, that is going to demarcate this seminal moment. This is really a, a seminal moment, I think, in the trajectory of um, what we talk about every day on the show, right? It's, um, it's this week, you know, that, that, this uh, famous week, uh, the week of the 4th, January, the week of January 4th, 2021. It has set so many of these things in motion. There is a schism. And, and, the, and the sooner that I think we understand the new reality, and the new reality is that there is a whole now uh, up-and-coming community of these alternative, not alt-right, but these um, up-and-coming aggressors that are going to give big tech a run for their money. Um, we've seen the inability of the U.S. government, of the DOJ, of politicians to do any meaningful uh, tech regulation. The EU is kind of finally quibbling about doing something. Strategically, I think they're on the right path, but we haven't seen any action out of them. Poland actually is the only one that has taken any decisive action. I tip my hat to Poland's uh, justice minister. We've covered that on the show also. But again, not any disrespect, but it's, it's Poland. You know who's a smart guy? Also a pretty rich guy. This guy. What did he have to say about about Atlas, about that, that seminal moment depicted by my, my wonderful Atlas sculpture here. Um, a lot of people are going to be super unhappy with West Coast high tech as the de facto arbiter of free speech, aka thought police. Guess where those lot of people are going to go? The five oxymorons. Let's look at Zuckerberg. This is the Aspen Ideas Festival. I go regularly. Um, this, is, uh, this is Zucky's transcript from his speech at the Aspen Ideas Festival. June of 2019, Aspen Ideas Festival, quoting, okay, here we go, Mark Zuckerberg. I think that if, if as a society, if we were rewriting the rules of the internet from scratch today, it is not at all clear to me that what we would want to do is have private companies make so many of these decisions by themselves. I really don't think that as a society, we want private companies to be the final word on making these decisions. You know what? Zuckerberg is right. Unfortunately, Zuckerberg has lost control of his company. And his radicalized employees have put him into a corner. And I don't, I, I don't think he basically had any other option than to go forward with the censorship. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, just like I'm giving Sundar and Tim Cook and uh, Jeff the benefit of the doubt. These are very smart guys. They know how to make a lot of money. They know that if they take these actions, um, they are only going to embolden the five oxymorons. They're only going to drive the wedge deeper in the schism that Atlas represents over here. And this is a growing uh, feeling. As Elon is saying, 
A lot of people are not going to be, a lot of people are going to be super unhappy with West Coast high tech as the de facto arbiter of free speech. People don't like the thought police. And Americans don't like the thought police. And you know what? I don't think anyone in this world likes thought police, especially the Chinese. They don't like the thought police. They know the thought police. It's a very sad day. Take the partisan politics out of it, right? People don't agree with what's happening. People are smart. They can see what's to come. Even if, even if they um, <clears throat> are on the left and they don't like Trump, and they might like the fact that Trump was kicked off, they know uh, that this is not good um, over the long term. And others do too. Let's look at uh, what the ACLU had to say here. ACLU counsel warns of unchecked power of Twitter, Facebook. Um, I think I think they. This was a few days ago, so I I assume they would lump in Google and Amazon and 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 a bunch of others. We understand the desire to permanently suspend him now, but it should concern everyone when companies like Facebook and tweet, Twitter wield the unchecked power to remove people from platforms that have become indispensable for the speech of billions especially when political realities make those decisions easier. President Trump can turn his press team or Fox News to communicate with the public, but others, like many black, brown, and LGBTQ activists who have been censored by social media companies, this is bigger than partisan partisan politics here, will not have that luxury. It is our hope that these companies will apply their rules transparently to everyone. Man, when the ACLU condemns you, and they don't condemn anything. They haven't condemned big tech. They've had so many opportunities to condemn big tech. When the ACLU is condemning big tech, you know you just messed up. You know you just messed up. Woof. ACLU condemns you. Oh, boy. Yikes. Messing up. Okay. World leaders. Guess what? The world leaders know this is a pendulum. The world leaders know. They're going to be next or they've already been censored. Look at this one. France, Germany, Mexico, Australia, during the international outcry over the censorship of Donald Trump. Eh, I mean, this is Breitbart, so they're making this all about Trump. But this is, again, much bigger than Trump. German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Uh, The Chancellor sees the complete closing down of the account of an elected president as problematic, chief spokesperson said. there needs to be public regulation of big online platforms, said the French. This should be decided by citizens, not a CEO. France. Uh, Mexican president. This guy is actually one of the first to come out and condemn this. Good on him. Um, I don't like anybody being censored or taking away from the right to post a message on Twitter or Facebook. I don't agree with that. I don't accept that, Mexican president said. They were behaving like an inquisition to manage public opinion. This is really serious. Manfred Weber, leader of the largest party group in the EU parliament, said, we cannot leave it to American big tech to decide how we can or cannot discuss online, labeling it a threat to the consensus building that is crucial in free and democratic societies. Hungary, Australia, I'm not in favor of censorship. I think if people don't like what they see on Twitter, well, don't go on that social media platform. Freedom of speech is fundamental to our society. Those decisions were taken by commercial companies, but personally, I felt uncomfortable with what they did. The difference is, honestly, Twitter's a red herring. These are monopolies. Twitter's not a... Twitter doing this, honestly, Twitter can do it if they want. They're so small. 
But the, the bigger problem is Facebook, Google, Apple, Amazon. When you look at the power that they hold, right? Those are the true power centers. Those are the true monopolies. You want to see what happened to uh, Facebook, Apple, Google, Amazon stock? Not much. Didn't go down 20% uh, like Twitter's did. Huh. Right? This is Google. This is Facebook. It's down a few points. No big deal. This, okay? These are the true power centers. Twitter's a distraction. I mean, China's just laughing at us. But we're just we're just so distracted. Um and we're I mean, we're like chickens with our head cut off. It's 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 pathetic, frankly. Um how much we can let our emotions distract us from you know, the true issues and challenges at hand um, and let this partisanship, you know, just uh, make us go crazy. I'm curious to see how, um, how Twitter's quarterly filings come out and uh, what disclosures they have to make. I mean, what liability they now have because they've ventured into publisher land and, you know, really um, don't qualify as a platform anymore. So we'll see if they disclose that appropriately or or if they don't, then inappropriately don't disclose anything. Okay. Um, Roblox. Called this weeks ago that Roblox would probably do a direct listing when they announced that they were foregoing their IPO uh, towards the end of last year. Now they've come out because the SEC, uh, as we covered, changed the rules. And so now you can do a direct listing and raise money. That was the big thing on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, NASDAQ, where were you? Sleep at the wheel. That's where you were. While preparing for the direct offering, it raised $520 million at a $30 billion valuation. This company is so on fire. It's, it's hard to even make sense of it all. Roblox raised money Feb 2020 at a $4 billion valuation. Then I think they were going to IPO around like eight or $10 billion valuation. And now they've raised $500 million at a $30 billion valuation. It hasn't even been 12 months since they raised it a $4 billion valuation. Literally the investors that put $150 million in just like seven and a half X their money. And the thing hasn't even gone public. And you know, they're going to get a nice bump uh, when, they, when they go public in the coming weeks here. Yikes. Again, I was going through all the platform IPOs. I was looking at DoorDash. I was looking at Airbnb. I was looking at Affirm, but it's not platform. All, all, and, and easily to me, I was like, this Roblox IPO is, is hands down the best one. Makes sense. Company's worth $30 billion. Wow. Uh, these guys are just killing it. Good on them. I mean, they've been at this for a long, long time. I think the company was founded in 2004. So it was a, it was a long slog those first, say, 10 years or so um, before I think they even started to make any revenue. And now they just like 7, 8x their value in less than 12 months. Yikes. Um, good for them. So last topic is... Trump orders ban on transactions with eight Chinese apps, including Alipay, 
the order released by the White House bans transactions with people that develop or control Alipay, Cam Scanner, QQ Wallet, ShareIt, Tencent QQ, VMate, WeChat Pay, and WPS Office. All these things were banned in India uh, over the past, you know, six months or so. And India banned actually even more than these. But, you know, these are wallets. These are different kind of like chat apps and communication apps. The order says here, by accessing personal electronic devices such as smartphones, tablets, and computers, Chinese connected software applications can access and capture vast swaths of information from users, including sensitive personally identifiable information and private information. This data collection threatens to provide the government of the People's Republic of China, the PRC, and the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, with access to Americans' personal and proprietary information, which would permit China to track the locations of federal employees and contractors and build dossiers of personal information. You know what they do with this personal information? They get this information and they use it to blackmail you. Or they use it for some other point of leverage to, you know, advance their mission at at the expense of the United States or our allies. As I said at the top of the show, we're in information warfare. We are now in kind of information civil war in the United States, unfortunately. And we're at the same time what we've been at information war for years is with China. Actually, I think they were at war with us. We didn't really know we were at war with them, but we are at information war with the CCP. That is absolutely clear, um, or, or maybe said another way, the CCP is at information war with pretty much the rest of the world. Uh, and, um, you know, whether that's India that has, been, that has really started a lot of this effort to ban these apps and put much tighter controls on the apps, right? Or if they do allow some of these Chinese apps back into India to operate, they're now requiring the personnel to be located in India, the servers, the data to be located in India, um, and putting much stricter controls around it, right? So it's not just a free-for-all. You can't just come spin up your app, have it operate in, in you know, the United States, India, wherever, whatever country, and have all that data go back to China. Zoom needs to come under fire also for the same reasons that are being discussed in these executive orders. We've covered Zoom many, many times on the show. Zoom has a serious Chinese liability. They're actually in court over this right now, um, or some of their you know, ex-employees and who who weren't senior at all, magically, just very very run-of-the-mill, you know, junior employees that, that are now being sued, I think, criminally by the FBI uh, or some kind of, you know, felony war crime. I don't know. But whatever it is, it's bad news. What we talk about on the show all the time, constant battle with large tech monopolies and traditional incumbents. Now you just have the, um, not just the traditional incumbents, you have these up-and-coming uh, startups that are trying to hold a candle uh, to the tech monopolies. And actually, I think there's a great opportunity for the up-and-coming startups, um, my five oxymorons and, and the ones that are actually not even in the top thousand, which there's many of them, to now work with the large incumbents. You know what? Because they're both going after those same tech monopolies. And ultimately, that'll make us a freer country. Ultimately, that'll deliver on the... Uh, you know, ultimate value proposition of the platform business model, which is to facilitate the exchange of value. 
hopefully bring some more parity and uh, level, you know, level playing fields here for uh, for businesses, whether startups, whether enterprises to to operate, whether citizens just to exercise their basic freedom of free speech. There'll be more on this. This is just the start. Thanks for joining us on Winner Take All from, from our Palm Beach studio. Florida's a lovely place right now. And I will talk to you soon.